What a good God we serve, amen? What a mighty God we serve. Well, it is good to be in the house of the Lord always. Good to be in God's Word always. Good to be in the fellowship of believers, amen? As we were reminded this morning, this is an awesome family here for each other. Praise God. And you'll see in the scripture that we're going to look at today, which is John chapter 11. It's a little bit longer. Verses 1 through 44. I'll go a little bit quicker, but we'll still pick it up and we can look at it later as well. Talking about community. Jesus showed up. John 11, 1 through 44. Jesus showed up. You know why he showed up? Because he's not flaky. Have you ever known someone who's flaky? Have you ever been capable of being flaky? I told a guy uh, that I was going to hang out with him uh, this afternoon. You know what? I'm starting to feel flaky. I'm starting to feel like, you know what? I'd rather uh, sit in my house. You know what's really cool about my place? I have one of those original Nintendos with all the original 80s Nintendo games. And every once in a while, you just get me on Super Mario Brothers or... I don't know if you remember this one, Zelda. I tell you, I can sit there for two hours just having a blast. Am I feeling flaky on on my friend Phil? I might be. We'll wait and see. But Jesus isn't flaky. Hallelujah. The sisters that we're going to look at thought for a moment that he was a little behind in his timing in this certain moment. And he wasn't on time and he was doing his thing. But Jesus is so smooth. He always knows what's going on. He always is the real deal. He knows uh, what's happening. Timing is always awesome. So let's go ahead and look here. John 11 verses 1 through 44 titled this sermon, Living on Faith. Do you need more faith recently before we begin the scripture? If there was a little faith meter, is yours going up to the 10? Or is it kind of coming down? Is it kind of hovering at 5? Is it going below 5? These are moments we have to stop and think, what's going on in my life? What's my faith meter? We look at meters all the time, don't we? You ever seen that little thing spinning outside your house when you have your air conditioning on? Or you get that little uh, snapshot from Nevada Power that shows your usage. These are all meters that we look at, isn't it true? Or you look at the gas on your gauge in your car and think, wait a minute, how expensive is gas? How much am I using? Which car am I using? (laughs) These are all meters that we look at on a daily basis. I look at my sales at work, see if I'm on track, see if all my sales people are, are on par. These are all things that we use as meters. But I'll tell you this morning, we're going to check in on our faith meter. Amen? So let's go ahead and look here at John 11, 1 through 44. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went and sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. 
Then he said to the disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he said this, he went to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Hallelujah. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death. But his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but this was still at place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Father, thank you for this word. 
Bless our lives because of this word. Bless our lives, Lord, to know that you have all the power we need. And may we always have a reaction of faith to you, Lord God, as much as our abilities can handle, Father, to be able to say, yes, Lord, you are who you say you are, and you can do what you say you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I would say, our sister Vanette said this morning, we need to pray for America. Hallelujah. What is up with this world? Isn't it crazy lately? We're going to need more faith in the days to come than ever before because this world is wild. You thought the Jungle Cruise had a lot of twists and turns. Well, get ready for planet Earth. Amen? I started thinking about all this stuff. Pandemics, we go from pandemics to social unrest to riots to wars to rumors of wars. North Korea is launching missiles, Russia's going wild, financial inflation. I was in L.A. last Saturday and Sunday. I saw gas that said $6.59 a gallon, and if you got Supreme, it was $6.99 a gallon. My latte is over $7 now. What is going on with the world? I won't be doing that very often. It's insane. One bedroom condo at our community. I'd love to get a second condo to have something for my kids. I'm not paying almost 300000 for a one bedroom condo. Absolutely insane. You know how I knew something was really wrong with the world though? Talking about meters and gauges. I'll tell you how I really knew something was wrong with the world. People that love to flip products and resell them on the secondary market. You know what their biggest problem is right now? Do I flip Rolexes or do I flip baby formula? What's the world coming to? That's an insane choice, correct? So I'll tell you one thing. Even as I drove in, I was thinking about this today. Have you ever noticed what the first thing you see as you come into the Moapa Valley from the 15 is? It's a little creepy, isn't it? The mortuary. What is the world coming to? Who picked that location? I could almost fear, I could almost hear in my mind Vincent Price's voice saying, Moapa Valley, where you check in and you won't be checking out. <laughs> Something is up with the world, and I never even noticed that before. But let me start by asking you. A very serious question. When troubles come into your life, we're thinking of Martha and Mary here, their reaction. When troubles come into your life, is your first reaction like, praise God, this is an opportunity to honor and bring glory to the Father? (laughs) I wish. Oh, I wish. Usually my first reaction is freak out. Oh, freak out. So that is what I do. And then I have to stop myself and go, okay, enough, Ryan. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is in control. Sometimes we're even uh, in a moment to grumble and complain even against the Lord when these moments come. There's a a famous story that I remember hearing uh, earlier on in life that was someone prayed for patience and said, Lord, give me greater patience. Then all hell broke loose. 
And then they freaked out and grumbled and said, this is crazy. I was hoping for, you know, greater situations. But how do you know that wasn't the Lord answering that prayer to make sure that you had an opportunity to exercise that patience? What a way to look at things, right? But often we don't look at it from God's point of view. We look at it from our human point of view. What a bummer. But that's all right. But I'm ashamed of myself that my reaction can, my reaction can very often be just like Mary and Martha's. And that's exactly what I don't want to do. But the Lord gives us great lessons in faith. Am I, am I mistaken? So many things can happen that he gives us great lessons in faith. There was one time, do you ever look back in your life and remember a time of turmoil? Can you think about like, hey, it was 90 this, it was early 2000, blah, blah, blah. Well, there was a time in probably the mid-2000s where I just kept having so many things happen, I couldn't believe it. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like that movie, The Perfect Storm. I had this car, I needed to go do a wedding, and I couldn't get the window to go up, the electric window. Did I tell you this story before? Because it's funny. I'm going to mention it today because it has a really interesting ending. Here it's a rainy day and I have to drive to California. I hit the window to say goodbye to the family. The window won't go up. And it's raining. And I have to go do this wedding in like Southern California. Then on my second car, we couldn't get the alarm to come off. And we, had, we were stuck at a park, and the alarm on, the, on our little SUV wouldn't come off. And then by the time we were able to make it home, our refrigerator stopped working. And I thought, this is just a nightmare. After you buy all, these, all this food, and then you get to this moment, you're like, your cars are going crazy, the fridge isn't working. What else is going to happen here, right? But now, more than ever, I wanted to say this that this can be the day that we can start living in greater faith, no matter what. To seize the day for the name of Jesus. Amen? Because truly, if you wonder what in the world is going on with the world right now, it's passing away. If you don't believe me, just look into your scriptures. We are not meant for this planet, folks. If anything... If you look at it from this perspective, it's earmarked for destruction. The Lord doesn't even work with this canvas. He makes a new one. Hallelujah. It's like Picasso. He doesn't paint over something that's already painted. He starts a whole new canvas. There is a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. And I'm happy about that because truly we are living in extraordinary times. And I'm happy to say that we have an extraordinary Savior. Praise God. And that's what we want, is to be saved. Wall Street can't save us. The Senate can't save us. Candidates can't save us. The House of Representatives can't save us. The only one who can command dead people to come out of a tomb can save us. Hallelujah. And it's time that if you start investing in something, buy your shares into heaven. Amen. And I don't mean buy as in purchase. All I mean is if you're going to invest in something, invest in eternity. Amen. Put your stock and your treasures where God is. Hallelujah. In his son, Jesus Christ. Detach your love for this world. Detach your hope for this world and start living in faith based scripture upon Jesus. I wrote this scripture down too because Jesus is called the writer who is faithful and true. I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit. This I'll just read to you. This is Revelation 
19.11. Who is this king of glory? Let's look at it right here. 19.11 in Revelation. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and true, hallelujah. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Praise God, Jesus. Martha and Mary learned a good lesson in faith that day. And now, as the world we see it dying more and more, we must do exactly the same. Put our faith in Jesus. So I wanted to mention this morning, first thing to look at this morning, one thing that really stuck out to me here, which really is telling of our Savior here on the board, Jesus is deeply moved by your situation. Does that blow you away? Jesus is deeply moved by your situation. When I was young in Bible college, you know what was missing at the Bible college in, in, uh, in Vegas? Young Christian women at the time, my age. I couldn't believe it. I called the main campus and I complained. And I said, what's going on? Can you recruit anybody that comes to this campus that would be, you know, around my age group? Because I'm kind of trying to plan on marrying a Christian woman and I want to honor the Lord and on and on. I was half joking because I knew the girl that I paid my tuition to. And then the funniest thing happened, probably within a month or so, I got a call from the main campus in Scotts Valley, and the young lady I paid tuition to said, I know the perfect girl for you. Her name is Jana. She's the resident director of the dorms, and on and on and on and on. But initially, my complaint was, I'm not believing the Lord for what I should believe the Lord for. I just went into complaining mode. you got to be kidding me. So, I mention this because I want to jump also to Hebrews 4.15. Let's see how quick I can get there. Hebrews 4.15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I'll share a silly story with you. There were so many men going to the Bible college. This is why I was complaining that there are no gals. When I was a kid, there used to be a show that were all boys, and it was called uh, The Hogan Family. So when I was a kid, whenever we walked into a place, if females were absent, we'd say, it's a Hogan Fest. (laughs) And I got to tell you, in this moment, I wasn't believing God for what he could do. 
Provide an awesome Christian spouse. And then you know what he did? Exactly that. Once I put my faith aside and put my trust in the Lord. Amen. And that's just the truth. And sometimes we think to ourselves, tell me if I'm mistaken, I just wish people understood me. Have you ever said that? I've, I've heard that uh, many times in my own mind about myself as I try to fit into a new company or whatever it might be. But I tell you, I love to know that I have a Savior that understands me. And that's exactly what's happening in Scripture here. I mean, really understands me. My dry sense of humor, whatever it might be. I don't know if you've noticed or picked up, not that I'm that interesting, but sometimes I tell jokes and it sinks in about five seconds later and people approach me and say, you know what, I thought about that. That's really funny. And I thought, well, half the room didn't even catch it. You did. Good job. I guess that's just what I do. I had someone say that in Hawaii with Chanel. I just said something silly about Vegas and, you know, all the craziness. And I just launched a funny little comedy. Half the room missed it. One guy came up after and said, that was funny. I'm like, ah, once in a while I connect with someone, you know. (laughs) But I want to tell you this. When I want to be aggressive at work and want more sales, more sales or whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, just understanding me, Christ understands because he was tempted with riches. He's been through everything. Everything that I go through, Scripture is saying he's already been there and done that and been tempted. When I crave the new latest things of the world, watches or cars or something. You know, I looked yesterday at this awesome Mercedes A220 next to my little 2012 Honda CRZ. I looked at that Mercedes A series and I thought, oh, I could see myself in that. And you know what's so silly? Sometimes I'm so embarrassed of my little car out there that if the president of Chanel shows up, I switch out from my wife's Genesis. And I think I've got to present a little better here. <laughs> Pick you up on a little two-seater Honda CRZ. But you know what? When I want all these things, Christ understands because he was tempted with the splendor of the world's nations. That's exactly what that temptation did. When I'm tempted to embellish my resume or speak myself up or whatever I might do, Christ understands because he was tempted with worldly power and authority. He has been through it all. Don't you love that? There's nothing in your life that Christ cannot identify with. Oh, what a moment. If you think that you've been through it all, well, know that your Savior has been there right along your side. Amen. In understanding, he understands, he waits, he accepts all that infusion of faith that your life may need. Praise God. One time Mr. Wynn made an announcement that he was buying this uh, new sculpture and bringing it to the hotel. And it was a sculpture of, guess who? Popeye. Weird, right? $23 million Popeye is the weirdest thing ever. And I thought, why is that coming here? It was done by an artist named Jeffrey Coons and all colorful metallic stuff. You can Google it. But when Popeye arrived, there he was. His little, what is that thing? His little pipe, hand, big muscle. And in his hand, he has, guess what? Spinach. Whenever Popeye needed strength, he would go for the spinach. And all of a sudden, those muscles would show up. His spinach was his strength. 
What is our strength? Ooh, right here. God's mighty, glorious, impactful, life-changing word. Hallelujah. So never hesitate to reveal your deepest feelings and emotions to our Savior Christ Jesus. He broke down and He cried in this passage of Scripture that we just read at the tomb of Lazarus. And that is significant. He was honest to Himself and to everyone around Him how He was feeling that day. Isn't that great? He didn't act like a lofty, arrogant, pompous powerhouse who had everything under control. He acted like you and I would. Doesn't that speak volumes? I would do exactly the same thing. My friend John Corus passed away. I cried. I knew he was with the Lord. My heart was broken. And guess whose heart was broken here? Jesus wept. Two words. Jesus wept. So let's be honest and hide nothing from this Savior who connects so well with us. But bring our broken hearts to the Lord. Amen? And we may sometimes feel that He's not listening. Have you ever been there? Where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? That's what Martha and Mary said. Where were you, Lord? My brother would still be alive. And sometimes we feel just like Martha and Mary. Why the delay, Lord? You know, a Rolex only loses two seconds a day if it's doing its job. Jesus hung out for a couple days after Lazarus died. What time was He on? What time are you on, Lord? Jesus says, His delay, it's always to honor the Father. This is the amazing thing. Philippians 4.19. I wrote that down. I forgot what it is, but let's check it out. This is our adventure today. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Ooh, that's so powerful. Patiently await His timing. Hallelujah. My, this is my wife's Chanel watch I bought for her years ago. So I was in New York meeting the entire Chanel team last week. And one day, we drove out to the... Uh, the main warehouse facility, which also the watchmakers are at, fixing watches all day long. Four talented people. And for some reason, this crazy watch was keeping nutty time. I'm like, Jesus, heal you. Like, it's possessed. What is going on? It's all over the map. You know what happens when a watch acts that crazy? You might not know this, but magnetism, a watch can become magnetized and drive the rotor and timing oscillator, absolutely crazy. I handed it to the watchmaker. I said, my wife's watch is going loco. He put it on the magnetism meter, and the magnetism meter went pew. <laughs> that means I must have come in contact with something in a medical building, maybe at the airport, Some all of this frequencies that go on. So he took this watch, and he put this in his anti-magnetism machine, and he, they do this once. Twice. To the magnetism meter, zero. Hallelujah. <laughs> this watch is now healed. And I thanked him so much. 
But I mention that because it says here, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches and Jesus, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. When something is not working right, who is it that meets our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? Our God. Hallelujah. When something is not working right, we know exactly where to go. So second, I wanted to mention this this morning. Don't miss what God is saying to you like the disciples did. We have so much to learn here. Don't miss what the Lord is saying to you. Sleep will make him better. I know he'll rise at the resurrection. They missed so many things in what Jesus was saying. I don't know if I've ever shared this. I probably haven't, but some years back, probably after I got my first store director position at the hotel, I started working way too much and it took a toll on my family and took a toll on my marriage. My wife and I found ourselves in a tough marriage season. If you've ever been there, it's not fun. It's embarrassing. You try to find out who you can talk to. And I was so embarrassed that I was even having marital problems. I didn't even want to admit it very often until my mother said, son, We all go through it. Don't you dare be embarrassed. Seek out the Lord. Putting in so many hours, sometimes I wouldn't even come home on time because I thought, you know what, I'm connecting better at work than at home. Wow, that's an honest admission, and it's true. I could hang out there and make more sales and not have to worry about running home. But you know what happened one morning? You know that weird spot when you're sort of awake, but you're still half asleep? You remember that spot? You're like, am I awake or am I dreaming? A voice spoke to me. Did I ever share this with you? A voice spoke to me in that half spot. And the voice said, turn your heart to home. (laughs) Well, you know what? I knew right then and there, just like in Scripture, When people say, like, I honored the vision, I had to obey the Lord. Is there any such thing as not obeying God when you hear something like that? And God's never spoken into my life in an audible voice. I heard a voice say, turn your heart to home. I woke up. I knew exactly what I had to do. Make things better. Amen? Don't miss what God is saying to you. Many times in our situations, we're just like Mary, we're just like Martha and the disciples. We miss what the Lord is saying in our life and in those situations that are tough. And God, He's talking every single day. Turn your heart to, what do you want to say there? Fill in the blank. Turn your heart more to Christ. Turn your heart more to God's power. Turn your heart more towards God's Spirit. Turn your heart more to forgiving other people. Turn your heart more. What is He speaking? And God is talking every day. But are we listening? They have ears, but they do not hear. There was one time a group of us were talking at the Rolex boutique. Everybody's talking, and I had a million things on my brain, and I just walked away. I didn't even think anything about it. My staff told me later, that was really weird. Maya was wondering, like, why you were leaving right in the middle of her story. And I said, oh, I didn't even think about it. Isn't that something? Wild. 
Jesus said, Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, the dude is asleep. Just let him crash. That's all he needs here. Just give him some time. It's probably what he needs. They missed it. Then Jesus says, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. The resurrection. (laughs) At the last day, she missed it too. Are we prone to miss things? There was one time I missed, uh, oh my goodness, I missed this sign when, I probably mentioned this to you, but we were in Brinehead and there was a sign I missed that said road closed and Jana just let me continue to drive it. She saw it and she didn't tell me. Half hour later, I'm like, it's closed. She's like, I know, I saw the sign at the beginning. I'm like, thank you so much for letting me know. (laughs) At that point, don't even mention it. Just pretend like you didn't see it. (laughs) Then Jesus lays it straight, though, to everybody. He says, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Now the moment of truth. Do you believe this? Faced with that authority, Martha, she has an about face. Boom, 180. Her faith meter shoots through the roof. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into this world. Hallelujah. Third, Jesus spoke and more importantly believed words of faith. Your words are powerful. Be careful how you use them. I have a 14-year-old teenage daughter at home that everything seems so detrimental to. Oh, I'll never be this. Oh, I'll never be that. I can't believe this. This is all terrible. And I say, sweetheart, do not speak words of defeat, but defeat those words with words of victory. Hallelujah. Defeat those words with words of victory. Be so careful what you speak into your life, your family, your marriage. There was a time I thought, this marriage is doomed. I actually said those words. And you know what the problem with that was? When you have a God that works miracles, when you have a God that can do the impossible, you don't say such things. That just bolsters, guess who? The enemy. And if you just gave the enemy a bolster on his meter, shouldn't that make us feel uncomfortable as believers in Christ Jesus? If we just pleased the armies of hell with our words, shouldn't we be embarrassed and cause uh, some kind of uncomfortableness that we are actually pleasing the powers of darkness? 100% we should be uncomfortable with that. Heck no. God can do it all. God can heal it all. So back to my two cars that went crazy in the refrigerator. I did something that I've never done before. Fueled by faith, listening to the Gospel of Luke on my CD in my car, hearing about healings, deliverances, dead people rising from the grave, knowing that my Bible says, and you can do greater things, Ryan. Ooh! Put your name in there, and you can do greater things. (laughs) So what did I do? I went to my crippled window on my sedan, went to my crippled SUV with the, the dumb uh, alarm that wouldn't come off, 
went to the crippled refrigerator that didn't want to work anymore. And I said, just like, Mar- uh, just like in the, the story of Martha and Mary, what Jesus says, this window will not end in being down. This alarm will not end in being crazy and activated without coming off. And this refrigerator will not end in being broken and blowing warm. If anything, what comes against us can be all for God's glory so that the Son may be glorified through it. Never stop believing that. Like a crazy, faith-filled, Bible-believing, Spirit-filled, Christ-led, Christian warrior armed with the name above all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is called faithful and true, I commanded that window to come up. I commanded in the name of Jesus that alarm to deactivate so we could get out of that park. And I commanded with the help of my son laying our hands on a refrigerator, that refrigerator to be fixed and blow cold so that we could have food in our home. Matthew twenty one twenty one says this, You can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. To a dead man's tomb, Jesus commanded, Take away the stone. To a dead man in the tomb, Jesus said, Come out. And to the walking dead man standing in linens, Jesus said, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. But we need sometimes to ask ourselves, Are we in the grave clothes of unbelief? Do we need greater faith? Do we need to act and be in a mindset of greater authority? Hallelujah. This is the day to consider it. So our last point this morning is this. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So let me tell you this, when you need extraordinary help, Jesus provides ordinary results? No, extraordinary results. Hallelujah. So let me tell you what happened in my situation, because literally the mountains in my life at that period were thrown into the sea, hallelujah, of that troublesome week and month. I got in my car, the little button was broke, couldn't get the window up, raining. I said, in the name of Jesus, the name of all authority, the name that has authority in heaven and on earth, I command this window to go up. What do you think the window did? It did nothing. I said in the name of Jesus, I command this window to go up so I can go do this wedding and I do not take no for an answer. You are going to go up in Jesus' name. That window went. Can I tell you what happened to me? Every hair on both my arms stood up. I freaked out a little bit. Every hair I got a little scared and I said, no, wait a minute, Ryan. Praise God. What did you expect would happen, Ryan? Praise God. Praise the Lord. 
Then I thought, I'm on a roll. Let me go to the SUV. I said, in Jesus' mighty name, you little SUV, I command this alarm to come off. Nothing. (laughs) If we're going to go for round two, okay. I said, in the name of Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above all names, I command this alarm to go off. (laughs) Hallelujah. My arms are okay on that one. Go into the house, little Rye, put our hands on the... I'm, the Lord is on a roll. I'm his vessel. Come on, Rye, put your hand on that refrigerator. Jesus' name. Start working. That fridge started blowing cold. We didn't have to replace it. We didn't have to replace it. Do you have any electronics you need prayer over this afternoon? Ooh, you don't need Samsung. You don't need all those technicians. The Lord was active that time and I just am so grateful but if you believe you will see the glory of God in your life your marriages your your uh, your families with your children whatever that's bothering you truly you will see the glory of God if you what believe the faith meter hallelujah did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God Jesus says now God did this For me and my family, and I tell you, more amazing is when he does it with a human life and causes a heart to be turned towards him to live in victory, not bondage. Hallelujah. Christ has the authority to restore life because he is life. And he says it. I am the resurrection and the life. Because I live, you will also live. You are in me and I am in you. Thank the Lord for these words. John begins his gospel in the beginning. Just like we sang in that song. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. Oof. How could we live without the Lord? How could we live without Scripture in these words? Hallelujah. I want to go punch the devil. I feel so strong today. I just want to take, rip down the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Over my family, over our mindset, over our relationships. Hallelujah. Mike Tyson punched that dude on the airplane recently because he was getting heckled. The devil heckles us all the time. I want to punch him out because of the power of the Lord. It's time that we return to the beginning. And who is the beginning? It's Jesus in the beginning. It's time we return to a life that we are truly the light of this world and we serve the author of resurrected life. As we close today, I wanted to mention a story from a pastor, a southern pastor, and he says this, the hero of heaven is God. Angels don't worship mansions or glittering avenues. Neither gates nor jewels prompt the hosts to sing. God does. His majesty stirs the pen of heaven's poets and the awe of her citizens. They enjoy an eternity-long answer to David's prayer. One thing I ask of you, Lord, David says, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. What else warrants a look? Inhabitants of heaven forever marvel at the sins God forgives. The promises he keeps, the plan he executes. 
He's not the grand marshal of the parade. He is the parade. He's not the main event. He's the only event. His Broadway features a single stage and star himself. He hosts the only production and invites every living soul to attend. At this very moment, he issues invitations by the millions. He whispers through the kindness of a grandparent. He shouts through the tempest of a tsunami. Through the funeral, he cautions, life is fragile. Through a sickness, he reminds, days are short. God may speak through nature or nurture, majesty or mishap, but through all and to all he invites, come, come to the altar. Come and enjoy me forever. Yet many people do the opposite and they have no desire to do so. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. He speaks, they cover their ears. He commands, they scoff. They don't want him telling them how to live. Does that not sound like this world today? They mock what he says about marriage, money, intimacy, or the value of human life. They regard his son as a joke and the cross as folly. They spend their lives telling the Lord to leave them alone. And at the moment of their final breath, he honors that request. Don't miss the invisible inward miracle triggered by belief. Ah, praise God, there it is. Don't miss the invisible inward miracle triggered by belief. God reinstates us to the Garden of Eden status. What Adam and Eve did, we now do. The flagship family walked with God. We can too. They heard his voice, so can we. They were naked and unashamed. We can be transparent and unafraid. No more running or hiding. Jesus' offer still stands. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. Very powerful. Let's see references. This minister references Peter 1, 3, and 4. Really quick and then we'll finish up. 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Oh, that's powerful. So do you need more faith in your life? Anyone want to be brutally honest here and say yes? Yes, Ryan, I need more faith in my life because you'll be right there with me. Thomas said when hearing of Lazarus' death, let us go also that we may die with him. He was willing to go and die. Are you willing to die of your faithlessness today? Hallelujah. Today is the day for us to come out of the grave of a life of faithlessness and return to Christ's faith and authority. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we ask your forgiveness, Father, when our faith meter runs low. Because truly, Lord, we know all we have to do is believe in who you are. Believe in what you say. 
Believe in what our scripture tells us. Believe in who we are in your kingdom. Big shots, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, we just ask as the days seem more and more challenging and dark, Lord, that truly we recognize that if we believe, we will see the glory of God. Lord, we know that you spoke words of faith and you believed words of faith and so shall we. Lord, may you forgive us for the times we miss what the Father is saying just as Martha, Mary, and the disciples did. And Lord, let us not miss what you're saying. Let us always have ears that are clean and clear to hear your voice. And Lord, we thank you that you understand our every situation. And truly, Lord, you weep with us in these moments, but you always lead us to you for the victory. Father, give the people in this church the victory in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let our faith meters Go beyond 10, hallelujah, into the realm of the impossible because that's who you are. You make all things possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.